0: Craig, to follow up on that, you've said several times that you're convinced of the organization's uh, desire to win and to pursue all avenues of that. If there were a player at the top of the market as a free agent that you felt like would make a difference here, are you confident that you could put forth you know, the best financial effort to get that kind of player? Um, I, I don't see financial resources as a, as a limiting factor um, I think that's something that was was clear in the conversations that we had now obviously we have to kind of line up on a number of, of variables here interest and fit uh, among two of them um, but you know like I said the you know kind of the refrain that I will I will keep hammering through these conversations is there's a, uh, a relentless interest in, in winning from all parties. Text line 37937. That's taking you back to Craig Preslow's introductory press conference about where the Red Sox would be willing to do moving forward. And Mark, I ask you, is Cooper Chriswell one of those top-notch guys you had in mind? Who? Exactly. Was Tyler O'Neill one of those top-notch guys that you that they were going to go out and pay for? So Did the, that cross your mind? Did that cross your mind? The big the big highlight
1: or headline from Tyler O'Neill was uh, some some comment about how his 2021 season, if given the right situation to 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 put in, to get into the game or something like that, wasn't an anomaly. That's the big thing I have to be excited about. That 2021 wasn't an anomaly. This whole thing has become an embarrassment. The Red Sox should be ashamed of themselves. They were not even in the conversation. I mean, Yamamoto didn't even look at them. I don't think. I don't think he ever any kind of seriousness. He, he yeah. It was just, hey, that's, oh, yeah, I, I've heard of them. They would never even entered the conversation. They were completely out of that guy's league. They have fallen so far in terms of being a big player in the game, in the marketplace. I, I'm sick and tired of watching the Red Sox talk and not do anything.
0: What was the, the curse of the Bambino, 1918 to what, 105 1919, years 1919 he was 1919, yeah. okay, so – so here we are 104 years later, and we might be looking at the curse of Mookie Betts. Watch this. Who was in the room when Otani met with the Dodgers? Mookie, Mookie Betts. Betts. So you don't think that Mookie Betts was in the building when Otani invited Yamamoto out to L.A. to come say, hey, join this merry band of ours? Two direct products. All the, You remember last year I was saying, look, If we want to look at some type of business model that the Red Sox are looking and the fans aren't going to be happy with it, it would be go get Otani, pair him with Yoshida. You have kind of this kind of stepbrothers buddy system. It colors red in Japan. You got the Red Sox. You're making money hand over fist with these two stars from Japanese baseball playing in Boston. It would all be a great narrative on the money side, and you would have fans in the park. You don't even have a pitcher who can show up every four days. That's going to get people excited to the park right now. You don't get Yamamoto. You don't get Otani. And now you now you're talking. Now we're having a conversation about Tyler O'Neill. Now look, Tyler O'Neill may be a great serviceable guy, but Mark, don't you get sick of hearing, "Hey, if he could just have the year that he had in twenty, fill the blank." He'll be. That's what we need because you're going to start settling and telling yourself, "Hey, if this guy hits 20 home runs, that's a power hitter." Oh, yeah, yeah, in 1982, with a split screen television and hitting 250 was respectable. No, you there. That you, you. Nobody's coming. Nobody's coming. It, and it, I think it's the curse of Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, because they're going to ask him, "What do you think? What, what was it like? How did you get treated? What was the deal?" And he may not be like full on just negative. But he, ah. That's all you have to say. Uh, Again, it's just going to be players
1: who, you know, like last year. I thought that was a perfect example. I was riding high. I was I was holding on to hope that who was it? Brian Bayo and James Paxton were going to take this team to the promised land. It it was just hard to say, hey, this is a guy that's uh, you know a guy that's really going to take me to where I want to go. They're okay. They can sort of maybe do it during stretches, but ultimately he's a, just an okay player. The great, play, especially pitching. I don't see where the pitching is going to come from.
0: Well, and you think that maybe Bayo better develops, but I think he only better develops if you have well, watch this better starters in front of him, right? Because that's how you build that starting pen, right? Like if you've got a horse at number one and you're the number three guy, you're thinking. I get to watch to see what this guy does, and on his off day before I pitch, I get to talk to him about what he did out there, what he sees, all these different things. Like now we're getting into an area of like who on the staff is Bayo being able to learn from in real time, just in conversations on off days that these pitchers have, and what he sees and what he's throwing. Maybe even learn a third or fourth pitch, or, and none of that stuff. Like when Evaldi didn't stay you're like okay that was the guy that gave you all the innings and was really your number one the previous year and look what he went and did for Texas and now you're like okay right as you're coming off of the sale money you would figure they would be a lot more aggressive knowing that the albatross of the contract is going to be the lowest it's ever been for Chris Sale now you make the move where you could say hey at 17 million we may be able to get some great prospects if someone feels that Chris Sale will help them get over a hump You would be able to pull a steal, but now you're like, damn, you need Chris Sale again because there's nobody there.
1: They weren't that far away, KJ. They had the – last year, did they have a bullpen? Did the bullpen perform last year? It was better last year. It was good last year. They had – Kenley Jansen was good. They had a bullpen last year. Chris Martin, they were performing last year out of the bullpen. Yes. Was it World Series? I mean, was it historic dominance? No, but they were good last year out of the bullpen. The it, was lineup, in, it was
0: in 2022 stuff.
1: The lineup was good last year. They had heart. They had grit. They would come back and win games late. They put up runs. They scored. They could hit home runs. It was good, and you didn't even get really – I mean, he's always good, but you didn't have the best year ever from um, Rafael Devers. Devers. Right. It wasn't his best year. So with that being still said, solid though. it was still solid. So if you with that being said, they were just a pitching staff away and why I get frustrated is because you got a team and an organization that has the money to spend. Okay? They have and especially didn't isn't that why you brought in Breslow for the pitching? He was a pitching guru. Why can't he get out there and spend on pitching and take this team back to a level that the the Boston Red Sox frankly should be on every year? That's what I want to see, and that's why I get a little frustrated.
0: Well, I understand, and I think maybe Breslow's MO is supposed to be kind of the antithesis of what Heim was doing, where Heim was looking kind of for the rehab project to kind of put Band-Aids on wounds. I think Breslow's MO is to go find those diamonds in the rough that are at high double A. that teams are kind of like, you know what, we see what's coming down the pike, and we're not probably ready for the financials of that player if there are things that you can move veteran pieces, you know, you think of teams like, uh, like, like, or wherever Oakland ends up in Vegas, I think, like a team like that where you see somebody in their system because the A's have had decent pitching despite their record. It's just they had no bats. But they've had decent pitching. Manea, I forgot the other guy who came in, used to just kind of dust the Red Sox. He performed well last year, a left-hander. I forgot his name. Uh, had an ERA, like just right, at, right over three. So there are things in their pike that Breslau may know about and get them young. Where it might say, "Okay, we'll give, we'll send you a Bobby Doll back," right? Like he, yeah. he can help. It'd be someone you could put in your flyers. It'd be someone you could say, "Hey, get a chance. Hey, he did hit twenty home runs a couple of years ago." That's those are the pieces he's going to have to be able to make. Those are the deals I think that he'll be able to, have to make. Now, in terms of the purse strings, I, yes, the money's there, but is the desire of the free agent to come to Boston existing like it did? Fifteen years ago, I don't think it. I don't think it's like. Would you think a player like J.D. Martinez at the caliber of where J.D. Martinez was when he was acquired to come here would come here now?
1: That's a great point. And,
0: I don't and that's know. Not that long no, ago. no,
1: I don't think he would. And I think part of that is because of the reputation that the Red Sox has sort of cultivated over the last few years. I, I think Mookie. some of the shot, maybe Mookie Betts, maybe. Um, if you're talking about something, I mean, it's not like that can't be overcome. Once upon a time, the, the Celtics got rid of Isaiah Thomas, and the whole NBA was angry. And they thought that they did him dirty. And, well, he and it a was,
0: bit, He had a bad hip, and I like got that. got over did. that. I did, too. I love yeah.
1: that. Those teams were fun. But this, the NBA got over that because they got Tatum, they got Brown, they drafted well, and they started winning.
0: Well, I think the other part is because it was Kyrie Irving that came out of that, and that was such a bad taste in the mouth. Sure. So Kyrie Irving lied and said he was going to stay. He want to stay. He didn't. The IT is gone, but by that time, IT has already gone through his hip surgeries and is kind of in flux of where his career is at the time. So, I mean, I wasn't mad at Danny Ainge knowing that if you have a damaged player, you don't give them a max contract. I think here with the Red Sox, it's like, okay, you can give max contracts, but dudes don't want to come. I mean, you just
1: – look, I understand it was about offense in 2018, but you had – and, I, you know – I'll give him credit. I gave him a ton of ish leading into that postseason, but David Price was huge for you in 2018 in the playoffs. He was awesome, right. and that's a big reason why you won. And then you go back and you, you look at some of the pitching performances that you've gotten over the years. The, the big reason the Red Sox won wasn't was John Lester here in 2013. It was after that, right when yeah. they got rid of it. yeah, right, it's all right. Yeah. So when
0: Lester didn't get his deal, yep,
1: you had Lester in 2013, who was a huge part of that championship. He's one of the first names you think of. Okay. In 2007, you had Josh Beckett. Right. In 2004, obviously, it was Schilling. It was Pedro. And before that, KJ, back in the 90s, the thing, the one person who really turned it all around was who? It was Pedro. Right. Even before you became a championship team, it was Pedro that got you from, okay, an afterthought to like, hey, they're a contender. You know, they're an actual team we need to worry about. They went to the ALCS that year. They didn't win it, but they became. They they got up to a different level with Pedro pitching starting pitching is vital and they have to find a way to get back to that. It feels like to me they've been a little bit patriot esque in terms of the Patriots pursuit of wide receivers. The Patriot <laughs> the Red Sox in starting pitchers sure at least arm. at the farm they, they're just not as good at the farm le- at the farm system level. They've got to get back to that and if they're not then go out and spend your big market money on a guy. I gotta a put dude. I-
0: i got to put a scenario in front of you because clearly there are a couple of names that are popping up that the Red Sox can still go to get safe, to go and save face with arms. Talk about that next here. KJ and Don on WEEI 617-779-7937, text line 37937. It's time to trend with Mark. You're listening to The Rich Keefe Show on Boston Sports Original. WEEI.
1: A-U-D-A-C-Y. Type that into your app search, then download.
0: Don Darrow on WEEI and for the Rich Keefe Show. Thank you so much for being here. Got a hodgepodge of schedules this week. Mark, when are you in again after this? Uh, I'm doing the show solo tomorrow night, the Rich Keefe Show. Okay, and I will be with John Lyons tomorrow afternoon from 2 to 6. So I know during the course of this week, I worked Christmas morning BetQL. I did it again this morning, here tonight, 2 p.m. tomorrow afternoon. I think by six thirty tomorrow, I will eat my dinner with one hand and put myself to sleep with the other. It's just, <laughs> it is just going to be. Uh, but it's been a it's lot just of fun. So working stiff. Yeah, yeah they, well, stiff is right. You know, so <laughs> working people question if I really do any work. Uh, if you missed any of the show, uh, remember it's going to be under the Rich Keefe tab at WEEI uh, ninety three seven. Just type that in in the Odyssey app, and it'll bring you right here. Uh, you can play the show back in chapters. Uh, We've been talking about the Red Sox and what hasn't been happening. And obviously, it's really centered around the starting pitching. And so, of course, the names that you're hearing are Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery. Uh, In fact, there's a text. uh, Nico, what's the text about Blake Snell? Yes, our texter wants to know if Blake Snell is even a realistic option for the Red Sox. See, this is where I have to address, Mark. It's like, do you believe? Because I think Blake Snell's number is going to be somewhere around 25, 26 per year, with an with, with, uh, at least as an AAV. Do you think the Sox go down that road too, knowing that they still got to get a second guy?
1: I, I mean, they've got to go down some road. I, I don't see. where I, I would be all right with going after some guy like that. I, I don't see that as a number one dude necessarily.
0: Um, well, you'd have to pay him as one. I mean, you'd have to Clint, pay him as one. I'm be not be talking about one. what they're going to pay
1: him. Of course, they're going to pay him. Right. I'm just talking about what he could produce for you. Um, you know, their offense, I said, was good last year. I don't know if it's it's going to stay as good or if it's going to be. I mean, they're already down Justin Turner. He's probably not coming back. Um, you know, I, I think they need dudes. Yamamoto was a dude. That's why if you were able to get him, I felt like everything else would have flowed downhill. But they not only didn't get him, they didn't even feel like they were in it. Now, maybe he wanted to just be in L.A., be on the West Coast. I get that. But it didn't even feel like he got. He gave you a chance. So I, I mean, who's the other Japanese pitcher that's out there?
0: Um, I, I'm not going to even try and go after his name. But doesn't that feel like you're now chasing? You're, you're chasing the carrot, and you're the weakest horse on the track, right? Because you're like, okay, you're going to run after a guy that look. You, you all your attention seemed to be at Yamamoto, so now this is going to be your secondary guess. And and I think here's the other part: what's happened with Yamamoto and with Otani. With this deferment deals, and I don't know if the Red Sox are going to be in this business. Like, it's one thing to defer, you know, Manny, you know, Manny for for two million over the course of time, but when you start talking about deferments in the tens of millions over the course of time, because this is what these guys have pulled off: Otani and Yamamoto. Is yeah, you can pay us a little bit now, but it's really going to cost you down the road. Do you think this is going to be a franchise that's going to try and do these type of deferment deals? Where guys are getting paid double-digit millions per year and not even there anymore.
1: Do I think the Red Sox could enter that fray? And Do you think? I don't think they would. I, I don't see that happening based on their current status. Right. Um, I don't know if that's gonna. I, I don't know if Major League Baseball is gonna go trend that way with every deal now. Um, every big name player trying to get a deal similar to what Otani got. Um, the, the pitcher I'm thinking of, his name is Shota Imanaga.
0: Yeah, that's the guy. That, that, is, like,
1: I would take him at this point. Now, is he's older than Yamamoto, but he's a lefty. He he's a, he can strike guys out, and he was striking guys out in a league um, that doesn't feature a lot of guys who strike out. So that's yeah, but, impressive.
0: But was their league's left field fence about 315 feet away, 70 feet up?
1: I, you know what, though, <laughs> KJ? At this point, get, I'll try it. I'll try uh, him no. out.
0: I'll no. do it. Why not? Why not? Because so he's th- not major league ready, he could come over here and perform. But I think what might be more realistic is I think the Red Sox go get someone like Marcus Stroman, right? Something that doesn't excite you, but yet a right-handed arm still has a little bit something left. Shorter deal, not as much money. You might be able to get him for maybe about fourteen, fifteen million a year. So you're not dancing in the twenties. Even you hear the name of Jordan Montgomery. Hello, thirty-eight hits and sixteen runs and seven appearances at Fenway with that left arm. So you know it's that's the other thing you'll have to be concerned about is you know with David Price as you mentioned earlier the reason why David Price wasn't get rocked by right-handed pitching is because his his fastball cut to the outside. So if you try to get a power swing on David Price you're more likely to hit a ground ball the second at best you would hit a line shot to right field, but you weren't going to get a lot of pull off of David Price. With these other guys, I, you know I, the last thing you want to do is have them come into Fenway with that big that big salary and that left arm. There's already one out there on the team. And underperform. Then we're back at square one. So like better to go get a junk ball left-handed pitcher who throws a lot of stuff that's outside and away and give me the ground balls. You can figure out who the second baseman is later if it isn't going to be Trevor Story again. But you know, like it's one of those situations where you don't want to get into a situation where a guy comes into Fenway and gets rocked, and he's getting paid all this money, and all of our mouth is right behind it after every single game.
1: I would take Marcus Stroman. Um, yeah. Again, it doesn't solve who's going to be your dude. I think it's a little. I don't know if you could say, "Hey, Un- I
0: you sexy." It's not. Well, it's I mean, not a full negligee. It's a t-shirt and panties.
1: Yeah, I mean the 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 most direct route back to prosperity would have been signing Yamamoto and getting a deal. I never really considered Otani realistic. I thought that was for the Red Sox, that was a pipe dream. But I, I thought I thought it was. You, you thought it was realistic?
0: The, I did until I saw the deferment money, and I think that's how it jumped yeah. up from five hundred million to seven hundred million.
1: Okay. I, I didn't see it happening. I, I thought maybe, you know, I'm thinking of Dice K I'm thinking of Yoshida and I thought maybe Yamamoto could come here. I thought that was possible.
0: Do um, you think the Red Sox would have given do you think they would have given Yamamoto 12 years? 12 no, years. No. That's what and that's what he got. So yeah. that's that's the other part yeah, of it. Do is, you
1: think what the Dodgers have have executed here is good for baseball or bad for baseball?
0: It's good for the Dodgers, right? Because they know that's that what I asked. Well, the Dodgers think about themselves first. You think the Dodgers care about what they're doing in Kansas City? You know, I think it, yeah, you know honestly, yeah, you want the answer? Yes, if if it means that the Dodgers are there, let's say over a span of 5 years, the Dodgers are in the World Series for 4 out of 5 years, then heck yeah, baseball's going to make all that money back with market number 2 franchise with history both on, on both coasts. So yeah, abs- absolutely. Have you seen the meme where the starting lineup was going to be for the Dodgers is like Taylor Swift at first? Like Jesus Christ is the catcher, <laughs> LeBron's in left.
1: <laughs> uh, I did, I think I did see something about them signing Jesus Christ.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, so Godzilla. You know, as a D, is on the team as well. Listen.
1: You, I, the best thing that could happen for the Red Sox, and let's just assume for a second. I don't mean to be a pessimist here, that they're not going to win the World Series in 2024. Now, anything could happen, but let's just assume they don't end up winning it. The best thing for the Red Sox would be the the Dodgers and Juan Soto and the Yankees end up in the World Series. Because that would once again light the fire that the big spending teams have a place in Major League Baseball and ultimately have the final say. And I know it hasn't always been that way. Again, the, the Arizona Diamondbacks had five more wins than the Red Sox did. <laughs> and the Red Sox arguably were in a tougher division. Okay. And they had five more wins and they made it to the World Series.
0: Yeah, because Baltimore was really good this year. Was Baltimore was
1: year. good. I mean, the team, the division wasn't it was good. So yeah, it was a juggernaut. You know, that was a tough division. You had five more wins coming out of the National League champion. They're not that far off, but I need them to embrace being a big market team again. And I need Craig Breslow to do what he supposedly does best in getting some of that pitching to the Major League level and Major League ready where they're able to produce and not come in and out of effectiveness like we've seen the last few years.
0: I would look at maybe like a Lucas Giolito and a Marcus Stroman to put out there. If you're still going to roll Sale out there, I think Sale is probably your third starter, right? Maybe even your fourth, yes, it, it, somewhere in there, right? So if you put together like a package for Giolito and Stroman, both free agents, you can reduce the years. Their demand and value isn't as high because I think that's the other part of it. If they just put a, if they just get a big time starter, but you still get similar results or only get an increase of maybe six or seven wins, then you're like, okay, maybe you're overspending, but what if you get a couple of guys that reduce that number? Because if you bring in Snell and Montgomery, you're probably talking about paying out somewhere around $60 million a year for two pitchers. But if you do it with Stroman and you find out you get something out of Giolito, who's under 30, Stroman, who's 33, he'll be 33 once the season starts. So let's say you do Stroman for maybe a three-year deal, maybe you do Giolito for a five-year deal, and you see what you have with those guys – and if they have value, then you've, then you've saved a lot of money. And then you can go back and readdress the spending because I think the Trevor Story situation is going to have to be readdressed at some point. You can't be giving me you know one for two, right? You've been here two years, you've played one. You've been here three years, played one and a half. So if those injuries continue to be a problem, that contract starts to become an albatross and you don't know how you get off of it. So I think that's the other thing the Red Sox have to look at. When do they have a situation where their contracts seem to be virtually clean? Maybe last time might have been 18? Right, so like, clean where nobody is going to be a hindrance to what's going on. That's because Chris Sale was still performing at that time.
1: Where where's the pitching coming from? I I, I just keep coming back to that. I need, that you're not going to do it without some semblance of strong starting pitching. Maybe I don't that's know what where I said with from.
0: Stroman and Giolito, you get two right arms in there. Maybe there you're you, one you, and two. Well, everything is. Well, I mean, they I don't need know. a one and two. They need a well, one and two. Okay, so but if you need a definitive one and two, really you're going to be paying for two ones. You're going to be paying a one who's clearly a one and you're going to have to outbid someone else and convince them to be the two and damn near give them one money. You see what I'm saying like if you're going to have Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell, who's the one that's that you give the number two money to when both of them or can get number one money. That's why I think it'd be tough to get both of them because one of them you're going to have to convince that they're not the number one and they could just take that and they could just go somewhere else. I, I just wish
1: they would get out there and, or either that or get a guy from the farm system that can actually be the number one. I mean, it's been years and they just haven't gotten to that point And they have, you know, Bayo, who's sort of the, they think he right. could be the number one, but he hasn't gotten to that level. I don't see how, I don't see where it's going to come from. Now, is there other a, than bona- a James Paxton? Or is there like a
0: bona fide right hand number one that's out there and how do you get him? maybe Corbin Burns but if you're Milwaukee do you get on the phone and say well sure you can have him and you'll be responsible for him extending his deal you can negotiate with him right away but we want Marcelo Mayer or we want Tristan Cassis oh i would what, trade i would do Cassis what if they say they want Mayer like because if you're Milwaukee you say hey we could see Mayer as the future face of this franchise and we've got time right we don't we're not in this big rush or hurry to say, oh, we need to do this now because we're in such a weak division in the NL Central. But if you're the Red Sox, you, every day you got to wake up thinking about: I got Toronto, I got the, I got the Yankees. I've got an improved Baltimore. What are we gonna do? I, I, I got Tampa, who seems out to piece together things every year. So, like right now, if you're the Sox, you're sitting as a last place team in the in the perspective of things. Do you literally kind of give up the farm? To get better now, or do you wait out the patience thing and maybe don't spend as much on a starting frontline pitcher? Like, because Corbin Burns is going to want to warrant the world if you're going to re-sign him.
1: I would. And what? Yes, I would trade Mayor for Burns. And I, so, want the, I want the top pitcher. I want that guy. I'll roll the dice that Mayor's not going to be quite as good as we all hope that he'll be. I'm going to also lean on the fact that supposedly there are other guys in the farm, down on the farm, coming up that are going to be good. sedane Rafaela, right. Miguel Blyce, um, Blyce, ca- Blyce, I the forget ca- how to the pronounce your. The yeah, they, they they've got right other there. guys down there, specifically Blyce and Rafaela. If those guys, I mean, you don't need an entire lineup coming right. out from the farm. You just need one or two to supplement the guys that are already major league ready and the guys you've signed being a big market, high spending team supposedly. So if you can find that, they obviously, they're the Patriots in terms of developing pitchers, but if you can get Burns, who's been a first-team All-MLB guy, yeah, he's been a first, you know, all-star the last three years. He's a horse. He's a horse. Get that guy into the program and see if all your other pitchers can sort of, you know, rally around him and then flow downhill from his example and, and be, have him be the foundation of the staff. And then maybe everybody else kind of slides into the role they're more suited for.
0: KJ and Don Darrow in for the Rich Keefe show here on WEI, 617-779-7937. Uh, before we get the break here in a couple minutes, Mark, I, I got to get your thoughts on Verdugo's not-so-subtle shot at Alex Core, uh saying, I want my head coach to get behind me and not call me out. Do you think Verdugo was that last piece of, What's what's the word? I don't don't like to use the C word because it affects so many people, right? Like that that was the destructive distraction in the locker room that could not coexist with Alex Cora moving forward.
1: Apparently. um, You know, I mean, I I didn't like what he said. I I was under the impression that he was late for multiple meetings and multiple times where he was supposed to be on time or arrive at a certain time and he couldn't or didn't. Don't blame the manager. Or wouldn't. Yeah, don't blame the manager. I mean, if you're late and he levies some sort of discipline against you, that's called unprofessional. You know, like I don't understand why that's a thing that you get the manager. You're getting on the manager for. So, I didn't love that. I I appreciated Alex Verdugo when he was here. I thought he was a good, solid. You know, I don't think I thought he was unflappable, and I thought that was a good quality to have uh, for a role player like him. But, I mean, the Red Sox can do without him. And if you're gonna start, you know, if there was an issue there with cohesion in the locker room or in the clubhouse, and he was part of the problem, not worth it. Get him, get him out of there, and see if uh, I don't know if you get anything in return. But he's not worth the headache.
0: Isn't it crazy to think that the players that were involved with the Mookie Betts trade, Jeter Downs is with the with the Yankees now. Alex Verdugo is now with the Yankees. Kike Hernandez had gone back. He's gone back to the Dodgers, and Mookie Betts is was. At one point, the front runner for the MVP in the National League until Acuna stole a bunch of bases. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Let's go to Sean and what's the about the starting rotation for the Sox? Uh, Sean, good evening and thanks for calling KJ and Dondero. Hey, what's up, Sean? You're on the air. Yeah. How you doing? Um, I, I I want the Red Sox. Well, uh, first of all, I'll say uh, the second baseman is going to be Whit Merrifield. They're going to sign him until they can find a a real second baseman. It'll be it'll be cheap money. That's exciting. But not. Uh, but uh, I want them to go after uh, Snell. They need a they they need a true number one. But Sean, both of them can't be number one, so one of them is going to be negotiated as the one, and someone else is going to have to be convinced that they're the two. So you might have to get a one-one and go find a legit two. So if it's either Snell or Montgomery, who do you take? Well, I I was talking, I was kind of thinking about Snell, either Montgomery, Cease, or Burns. Burns would be a trade. Sean, yeah, thanks you, thanks so much for the call. You're
1: Limping through that pacing,
0: call. the pacing.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, again, just get if you can get. I, I love the Burns idea. Now I don't know how well you know he's only what twenty nine, right? If you could get a guy like that in here, I think that would is he the best pitcher in the league? No, but he could represent a number one for you that you haven't had in a long time and then everything, like I said, that's a foundational piece. It could flow from there. If you go with Stroman, if you go with Snell, if you go with Jordan Montgomery, that's fine. I'll take it. I don't know if you have that horse, though, the number one that you need uh, and that you're frankly going to need to compete again because there's no reason to think the Yankees, you know, are they going to win the World Series? No, but you get Soto. That's a big name. That's a big bat. That They could be better this year. The Orioles could be here to stay. Right. I mean, the Blue Jays are a team that, it doesn't feel like they're going anywhere. And we know what Tampa's done every year, despite the fact that they can't sign anyone. They don't sign anyone. But they get those under-the-radar deals done,
0: and they're good. You're and you're going to have all those teams to deal with again. Here's the other thing that I would be concerned about trying to run and actively go get a left-hander. Do you want that left-hander events against Vlad Jr.? You know, <laughs> against that Toronto team, just throwing a left... Like to a couple three lefties up there I like what like just give them the, the but if you're looking at the Yankees do you want to do that to judge and then also you know and and to Giancarlo Carlos Stanton up there you you got to have some right handers up there that are going to be able to challenge these hitters that's why I, I, I look I'm not a big fan of saying like go get someone in a trade because that it takes two to do that dance but as you were saying and I totally agree if it's about getting that horse now you got to do it now because you don't know even if someone of a quality of Corbin Burns will show up again on your radar where you would at least have some form of control at least for a year and then negotiate and have all the time in the world to negotiate versus trying to be in some type of arms race during the free agency period. So it would be incumbent on them getting him re-signed, almost immediately getting that extension, making it friendly enough for the team where you might say, okay, we go get Marcus Stroman as a number two or maybe a Lucas Giolito as a number two where you can say these guys are going to be at that next level money, and now you have some type of real starting pitching, and you've got a a solid bullpen from the middle relief all the way to the end. So if you can get those two things done, Mark, I would say that that would be a cap in Breslow's hat already. Oh, if he could get Corbin Burns
1: and then go find a way to get one of those other guys we talked about, Stroman, Imanaga, um, Snell, any of those guys, that would be a great... Great start for him. And then it would flow from there. Like I said, you would have a lineup represent I mean, they've already got guys in the lineup that you'd like to think you're optimistic about next year. You think Rafi Devers is still gonna be there to produce. Right. Um Yoshida we had a good year. There's no reason to think they're not gonna be able to uh rely on him for Should some be production. Better adjusted to I'd the like game, to right? think that um you know, even a guy like Jaron Duran will come back and still be at the level that he was at least close to. When he figured it out last year, right. they've made some good signings. I know that was high in Bloom, but they, you know, Turner, Duvall, guys like that, whether you bring back Adam Duvall, I don't know if that's in the cards or if you go find another guy that approximates him. I, the lineup can yeah, be I think there. That's
0: what O'Neill is supposed to do.
1: Yeah, O'Neill, maybe he does that. So I, I have faith in the offense. Get me that starter, get me that foundational starter most of all, and then we can really start talking.
0: All right, KJ and Don Darrow wraps next here on WEEI on the Rich Keefe Show. Thank you so much for spending your Tuesday evening here. It's the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI.
1: Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app and take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go.
0: And Lion, uh, KJ and Dondero on the Rich Keith what? show. I'm so sorry. I went this whole show without calling you another man's name. I, I guess because I'm thinking since tomorrow that's who I'll be with. But I'm with you now, Mark. You're front and center. It's all right. And I, I'm so right. sorry.
1: I know you went into Ken's office and was like, enough of this, Dondero. I dare, did back.
0: not do that. So can we just go ahead and put this on Front Street? You text me. A few weeks ago, and I said, no, I have no idea. I, what I didn't is, know if
1: you had... I had okay. no...
0: Yeah, there was no issues or anything like that. Okay. I have not gone to management about anything. You no, know, if you thought I was too hard on your raps. No, that's okay. not it. I, yeah, I don't take myself that serious. It's just like, it's not like, he's getting in the way of my... Aunt. It's something <laughs> like, I know, there's nothing like that. I, it was just something that was just put in front of me, and and I just roll with the punches, you know, if truth be told. And it does not has that doesn't have to do with this. The way KJ and Dondero came about was when I was going to start doing different shifts. I was approached, did I want to do these by myself or did I want to, to bring somebody and you didn't even know? But I said, Bring in Mark because I think Mark and I would bring fire. We bring fire, fire we'd like he. We bring fire, right. baby. And so that's like how it came about. Song. Right. So if so I, I would not go back and say Get rid of the guy who I asked for when I was given an option to do it by myself. No, so, I'm
1: just giving you a hard time.
0: Well, but I, but you know, I think sometimes it's best to put these things out on on Front Street because while I don't think discussing all of our personal business is a smart thing, this is just radio and people really don't love you. But if people are like, why are these guys not together anymore? How can we don't hear them anymore? It was just one of those things that are just done with scheduling, and you know that's just something you'd have to. What did I tell you? I said you probably should just talk to Ken and find out what's going on because I don't know but i'm not like you know i mean i, I mean i'm being selfish he, he didn't say anything like for me to stop doing anything so but you're here and that's the and that's that's the main thing it's good to be with you yeah same here i miss you brother look um so holiday movies i'm not going to get into this whole argument the stupid thing is die hard a christmas movie but yeah. and we'll bring Nico, the producer in as well is there a go-to movie you like to watch during the holiday season pick one elf
1: can't go you know can't go wrong with elf it's funny it's a good st- story i guess yes, but it's it funny is. it's a funny story i think obviously will ferrell is brilliant um you know that's one of the movies that i could go back and watch probably every month and never really get sick of it i love N- elf
0: nico do you have a go-to holiday movie if i had to pick one it's probably the night before recent movie somewhat recent, came out in 2015 it's the yeah. seth rogan one with anthony okay. mackie in it i don't know if that's okay. ringing bells I know who Anthony Mackey is just the because we have to stick to each other. We got to stick with each other in this in- entertainment industry. Yeah. you. <laughs> Nico laughed. Okay. So mine is Eddie Murphy in Trading Places, and why I love it is because it's a it's it starts with Chris. It starts with Thanksgiving, and, and it's so cool being such a job. turkey, so close to Thanksgiving. That by Christmas, Dan Aykroyd is robbing his former employers and trying to plant drugs on Eddie Murphy, all ending in the crescendo of New Year's Eve. With the merry New Year, that's where the merry New Year comes from. I want the riding on the train? You're my brother no C. So I love watching trading places at this time of the year because it's a reminder that greed can be good, but it can also burn you. So going into 2024, I'm going to take my chance with that fire. I'm just trying to tell you right now. I need I need the money. So if you missed any of show, W-E-E-I, uh, the show, uh, W E E I the on the Odyssey app, just type it in, uh, or you put it in 937 Boston. Uh, tonight's show would be under the Rich Keefe heading. So look for that. You won't see it under KJ and Dondero. It will be under the Rich Keefe show. All right, Let's go to one of these final texts before we get out of here. Nico, what you got? Okay, our last text of the night. We have a texter asking, is John Henry too cheap to build a star in rotation for the Red Sox?
1: Listen, when, when, when Craig Bresla, I don't know if you saw this, KJ, but when he had his introductory press conference. Yeah, I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Okay, he had a question about the spending about the money and yeah. you could see it two big gulps <laughs> nonverbal gulps when they when the reporter said money spending big gulps i don't know what the what the you know what he's being told or what he's if he has handcuffs on or not but it it feels like they're not getting the okay to spend as much as they want on whatever they want that does not feel like its reality i could be wrong but it doesn't feel like they have the okay to open up the checkbook for whatever they want.
0: I think when you've gotten this Red Sox team to the valuation that you have over the last 20 years, you do become more conscious about how you spend. But I think the other question that people really are asking themselves is can there be another owner come in and spend the money they want? And you realize that new owner is going to be paying an exorbitant price and then the first thing they're not going to turn around and do is start spending like fans want them to. So I, I think there's just kind of a like... Until you can get what you can get better at value and not band aid like they did with Hein Bloom, I think that's where Breslo gets his shot. Go find healthy guys, not rehab guys that you got at you know, the shelter pal or something like that. Just get on the dance floor. I, I feel like he, obviously, <laughs> Bloom wasn't out there. Breslow hasn't gotten out there yet either. Let's give him a chance, but, but get Bredo out. Just there. got here, yeah. So, yeah. So, w- let's see how things happen through the winter. The Winter weekend this year w- in January would be very interesting because the way it went down last year in Worcester, it'd be very interesting. Springfield. How, spring, yeah, Springfield, yeah. how it goes down this year. Well, in, right at the beginning of 2024. Mark is always good catching up with you, man. It's, right. it's a pleasure. Have you fun too, tomorrow night. Uh, Nico, thank you for your hard work. Great job behind the board. I don't like saying behind the board, just part of the show. You missed any of the show. Like I said, the Odyssey app is free. The best of the Greg Hill show. Uh, The best of WEEI is next here on WEEI. Have a great Tuesday.